When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Hockey News Podcast. Welcome to the Hockey News Podcast, uh, presented by BetMGM and McKenney Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens. Right next to me is Ryan Kennedy. Ryan, how you doing? Not bad. How's it going? Not too bad. Another week in the books, shall we say. Um, Lots of hockey news to talk about. Lots of crazy stuff that's happening. Uh, It seems like, specifically this weekend, there were just a lot of storylines, a lot of narratives. Um, You and I are going to the World Juniors, though, later Mm -hmm. this month, um, escaping the family uh, over Christmas or over the holidays. Um, And so we might as well just talk about the fact that the U.S. and Canada, uh, two of the most premier teams, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the host team and then another one coming in, um, announced their, their camps yes. uh, yesterday. So their camp rosters, 32 players are going to come, a couple are going to be cut to bring down to a, 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 I believe it's what, 23-man roster? Or 20, yes. Yeah, yeah. That they're going to bring. Um, some very interesting, I guess, additions and, and I guess sort of snubs on these rosters. Mm-hmm. Let's go through Canada first. Um, what really stood out to you about, about their roster in terms of crazy additions and also some players who you were somewhat surprised not to see an invite? Yeah, so Canada, obviously, always a very difficult decision mm-hmm. because the, the talent pool is so big. The one thing off the hop that was very interesting to me is that only five OHL players are on the roster. And this kind of makes sense if you think about the development curve where they had the missed season yes. during the pandemic, so you, know, you lose a bit of development time there. But Interesting because usually the OHL is pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, the WHL, very strong this year. I think it was 13 players, yeah. and obviously Connor Bedard is the, the big one. I would say, for me, the, the biggest surprise, and a minor one at that, was uh, the defense core, some of the, the choices there, where um, you know, right now, I think they only have two right-shot defensemen available, mm-hmm. Jack Mateer and Ethan Sampson. Uh, Ethan Sampson, a, a bit of a you know, pleasant surprise for, for Prince George there, a big kid, um, you know, sort of gives them a different look. But I was, I was kind of surprised that Corson Kuhlemans, the mm-hmm. first-rounder for Columbus, who's at the University of Wisconsin, did not make it. He was on the under-18 team a couple of years ago. He is a right shot. Yeah. Um, so, and I will say, I'm fine with a, a team going mo, you know, mostly one hand. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it had become a bit dogmatic in, in years past where it's like, oh, you have to go left yeah. and righty, left and righty. But you know, I, I know Canada in the, in the past has had defense core that were pretty much all one-handed. And I know the Russians in the past have done the same where like, the whole team shot basically the same way and mm-hmm. it didn't really matter. Um, but I was a bit surprised we didn't see Kulimans. Uh, you know, Denton Matejchuk was another name yep. that I thought could have been there. Uh, but having said that, you know, they do have other options that are players in that mold. So not super surprising, but just sort of a, you know, interesting. Um, and then I will say, you know, we are still waiting for players affiliated with NHL teams. Brant Clark with the Kings, mm-hmm. he's a right shot. Yeah. He's a puck mover, so he could slide in there. And Infamous former out. snub, too. Right? Also, he was yeah. also a, a former snub, yeah. Um, 
Otherwise, yeah, I, not a lot of surprises up front for Canada. They're going to have a pretty deep lineup there, headlined by Bedard, Adam Fantilli there as well. Um, potentially Shane Wright Potentially coming in. Shane Wright, yep. yeah, he's another one we're waiting on. But, you know, Logan Stankoven is going to be very important yes. for them as a returning player up front. So, yeah, interesting roster. It'll be, it'll be fun to see how, sort of how it shakes out. What about the Matthew Savoy? Uh, snub there because that's somewhat interesting, right? It is, but at the same time, you know, he's eligible next year as well. Okay, you could, you could say the same thing for for Connor Geeky. I wasn't super surprised just because you know Canada tends to go older, and mm. when you already have Bedard and Fantilli, who yeah. are like underagers, um, you know, you're only going to bring so many of those young guys. And I think they want to, you know, you want to be that older, stronger team. I think. You know, uh, a player like Caden Bankier, uh, who's six foot three and an 03 birthday. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying he's going to make the squad, but you know, he earned a camp roster invite. I think next year Savoy is going to be one of the the key guys up front because I mean that's the thing with Canada is there's so much churn where a lot of the kids you're going to see on the team this year will be in the NHL next year, and you're going to replace them with a whole other cohort. Well, speaking of Shane Wright, if you want to look at an interview, I mean, our, our, if you want to get his thoughts on this, the AHL podcast on the Hockey News Network. We actually interviewed him last, That's right. uh, last week with uh, uh, Jacob Stoller and Patrick Williams. That's, That's pretty right. big. Now, it seems like Canada usually, at least in recently, they don't put as much, I would say, emphasis on, on their blue line or maybe not. Like, they don't really sort of build from the back out. They're very top. I mean, it seems like that's happening again because their blue line, like you said, a lot of them are, are you know, are pretty... You know, sort of one-handed in a way, like or they all they all sort of shift to one hand, and it just seems like getting. I think getting Brant Clark would be fantastic. Obviously, not sure why he was excluded that one year, where it was just like, what is going on here? Right. Um, this will be exciting. I mean, look, you get Shane Wright, yeah. you get yeah, and, and like there's some NHL guys who are eligible who likely won't go. White Johnson, Dylan Genther, yeah. and Gunther might. Be. Gunther, sorry, you think Gunther might go? I think it's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, he's not playing meaningful. He's playing like an every night role, though. He's playing very well. Yes, but but he didn't get to. He didn't play in the summer, I think, because he was probably preparing. Yeah. For this NHL season, there was a couple of kids that were in that position. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we if if Gunther was released just for the World Juniors because it is a great experience. What about Mason McTavish? Because he was obviously like you know he was the crazy hero uh, yeah. of, of and, and you know he was he was the beating heart basically of the team in the summer. Um, and yes, you know he's playing on on Anaheim, but. Like, would it be better to make him play games that, like, matter, you know, at this point? I think in his case he's better with Anaheim because he's been there, done that. He was the MVP of the tournament. You know, he had a crazy amount of points. Um, I I think... uh, Scored the winner. Well, no, he saved the winner. Oh, sorry, saved the winner. Sorry, yes. Ken Johnson had the winner off Logan Stankoven, Mm -hmm. like, just moments after McTavish made that incredible play, but um, in front of an audience player, of tens of people in yeah, the yeah. arena, there was people at that one. Oh, okay. That was the first time. My, my they, they even opened up the upper bowl. What? It was incredible. Crazy. Um, but I think another key player will be Olin Zellweger returning on the blue line. Mm-hmm. Another Anaheim. Yes. Yeah. Well, prospect. He doesn't play for the Ducks yet, uh, but he was excellent for them in Edmonton, and I would expect he'll take on. An even bigger role. Man, Anaheim, you looking know, pretty good in terms of really uh, building are. up their talent. All right, let's go to the U.S., who announced their 32-player uh, roster. It's interesting. Like, U.S., the USA hockey, it always seems like they build... They, for these international tournaments, and it, it goes, you know, rega- across the board, I think, at least in my opinion, whether it's, like, the World Cup, whether it's the Olympics, whether it's the World Juniors, they build their roster based on, like, an 
not only like the best collection of talent, but like a hockey team. You know, like they want to have a first yep. and second line. Then they want to have a third and fourth line that like mm-hmm. do specific roles and all that. So we've seen some, some actually some pretty, uh, I, w- I would say, skilled players, productive players being left off because mm-hmm. they wouldn't fill the sort of depth roles that you would think. Give me your thoughts on, on you know, the, the camp roster for, for USA Hockey. Yeah, so I think the most interesting one, obviously, is uh, the two biggest snubs yes. were both OHL players. And actually, both are with Sarnia now because mm-hmm. Sasha Pasajov got traded from Guelph to Sarnia this year. Uh, he's an Anaheim pick, ironically enough. Uh, and then Ty Voigt, uh, yes. the leading scorer in the, in the league, did not get a nod. He's a Toronto, Toronto Maple Leafs pick. Mm-hmm. And I know there's going to be folks out there that are like, ah, this is the old NCAA versus CHL thing. You know, we saw that sort of in the past more mm-hmm. uh, with Team USA. I, I, I'll say the passenger off one is stranger to me because he's an NTDP product mm-hmm. that was on the team last year. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. With Voigt, uh, you know, he doesn't have a big track record with Team USA. I think he was at the Holinka Gretzky, uh, but he's not an NTDP guy. And, you know, they do have a lot of scoring punch up front. So I can understand the justification. He's undersized. Yeah, Yeah. like, you know, I mean, leading scorer, you figure he should be there. You should give him an invite. But if you don't think he's going to make it, then I get it. Like, why invite him if you don't think he has a chance? Because, you know, this offense is going to run through Logan Cooley, Jay Snuggerud, um, you know, Rutger McGroarty to a lesser extent because he can play up and down a lineup. Uh, and as you mentioned, you know, they have guys like Red Savage, mm-hmm. uh, the Detroit pick, who is just such a phenomenal bottom six center. He's incredible on faceoffs, particularly internationally. He's been so awesome there. Tyler Boucher is another mm-hmm. sort of option, the Ottawa Senators pick, where he's a power forward. You know, if you put him on a line with Rutger McGroarty, who's also pretty big, I mean, they'd be really nasty to play against. So yeah. that, maybe that's sort of a fun tandem that I'm mm-hmm. not sure who the third guy is, but um, you, know, you certainly have the options there. So those, those were the two big snubs uh, in my mind were, were Voight and Pastajoff. I think, you know, otherwise, uh, you look at that defense score, it's pretty much what we thought. Yeah. Obviously, Luke Hughes, you know, Seamus Casey having a big yeah. year. Uh, you know, Ryan Chesley could be that more shutdown guy because mm-hmm. they have a lot of good puck movers. I was a little surprised. Roman Schmidt didn't get an invite, mm-hmm. uh, obviously another OHLer. Um, but Bias. again, you know, I, I get it. You know, like if you don't think he has a place, then why invite him? Uh, he would bring them size, but they do have uh, Chesley. Shai Booyam uh, is another option, University of Denver, another Red Wings pick who he's big. He's not a big physical guy. He's more of a, a puck mover himself. You know, Sean Barons will be back, Jack Peart. So lots of great puck moving back then. Um, the big question, of course, with Team USA is, can they get goaltending? Yeah. Caden Umberico, uh, the most likely starter. I'll say it here on the podcast. All right. Carbon date this. Carbon All date right. this. Trey Augustine, who mm-hmm. is the NTDP starter this year, along with Carson Musser. Uh, Trey Augustine up for the draft this year. He's been excellent for the mm-hmm. NTDP. I wonder, now, nominally he's probably going to be the third stringer because yep. he is the youngest of the goalies they're bringing. I could see him jumping in and maybe saving them. Because Caden Mabarico, I mean, he's played pretty well for Colorado College, but we've seen internationally before. He's a smaller goaltender. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had his struggles, particularly, uh, you know, in medal round games. Trey Augustine, he's already played against college competition. 
Um, you know, from what I'm hearing, he's almost six two at this point. I know he's been listed at less, but I'm hearing he's almost six foot two, uh, and he's he's on a heater right now. So that's that's my hot take: is uh, maybe Trey Augustine saves Team USA. Wow, I mean that is that's definitely because he's he's coming in as a third stringer, like you, you think he can. He but, might not even play. But who but. knows, man? Look, this would be if it if it works out. This would be yeah. quite the like we need to get a banner for like Ryan was right that exactly. like falls down yeah. if that happens. Obviously, they're going to add a, a bunch of of really you know intriguing twenty twenty three. NHL draft eligible forwards in Gavin Brindley, Ryan Leonard, Will Smith, and Charlie Strammel. Yes. That's a, that's a loaded list. And I will say, having seen the NTDP live a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago, like, like Charlie Strammel was on the team last year, but yes. didn't really play much. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he earns a spot back. Um, but Ryan Leonard in particular mm-hmm. is the kind of guy you could put on literally any line. He could yes. be on your first line. He could be on your fourth line. Amazing motor. Um, you know, lots of talent, super competitive. Uh, Will Smith, a fantastic offensive mm-hmm. player. He's been lights out for the NTTP as well. But Banned from the Oscars for 10 years, though, exactly. unfortunately. Had, I had to get that joke yeah, in. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, Welcome to but Earth. But for me, like, I could see Ryan Leonard forcing his way onto that roster because he mm-hmm. is so versatile. Yeah, wow. All right, let's go to the NHL now. The the I would say the, the best hockey league in the world, if you will. Yes. Um, over the weekend, Steven Stamkos got his, or I guess earlier in the weekend, but he was acknowledged on the weekend for his 1,000th NHL point. Mm. Um, there was a time where it looked like Steven Stamkos' career might be in jeopardy due to crazy injuries. Yeah. You know, he had that legendary, uh, he was out for the entire bubble, came back in, uh, I believe it was, like, what, game five or something of the, the Stanley Cup final against the, uh, the Stars, played one shift, scored, couldn't go anymore, but that's like, that'll live down in history. Yeah. Uh, incredible. He, a thousand NHL games, uh, the guy's got, like, the guy's just an incredible, he's got, you know, a th- or sorry, a thousand points, sorry, he's almost at a thousand games, you know, over a point per game player, 1,001 points, 946 games played, he's got, uh, he's six away from 500 goals, he's already passed 500 assists. Um, there was a time as well where certain people were thinking, oh man, Samkos is, is washed now. You know, mm-hmm. he's, or not even washed, he's like a power play specialist now. You know, that he's very, he's sort of like a one-dimensional player. Um, and you look at his defensive metrics and they're, they're creeping up. They're, they're still good. This guy, you know, has the quietest 40-goal season ever last season. 42 goals, yeah. 106 points last year. No one's talking about it. I just thought that we could take a little bit to talk about Steven Stamkos. And does he, I know that, I know that everyone seems to love him. Like, if you bring up his name, you go, oh, Steven Stamkos, he yeah. rules. But does he get enough, like, love? Because this is, like, this is one of those, those Canadian sort of draft picks, at least in Canada, mm. who was like, this is, a, you know, like, one of the next guys. He's a, yeah. he's a crazy, uh, you know, a crazy good player. He's, he's, he's one of these sort of, like, you know, uh, he was on a pretty huge level of hype coming in. Yeah. Um, and he seems like he's fulfilled everything. He has. I feel like Stamkos is underrated. Yeah. And you know, in the next issue of the the Hockey News, our World Junior Preview, mm-hmm. um, or actually, it might have been in Prospects Unlimited, which we can we have back there. I wrote a column about how you know Stamkos and Tavares came up, you know, one draft after another. Yes. And I re- I remember even at that draft for Stamkos, people were already saying, oh wait, wait till next year though, with John Tavares. Which I found a little disrespectful. Very disrespectful, yeah. Now you look at his career, two Stanley Cups, two mm-hmm. other appearances in the final, two Rocket Richard yes. trophies, two-time All-Star, yep. and the real All-Star, not All-Star game, like second-team yeah, like All-Star. Two second-team All-Stars, yeah. It's like, this guy's a Hall of Famer. Oh, absolutely. Oh, without like, a doubt. Absolutely. And, without a doubt. And he doesn't get that much love. And I think it's, you know, part of it is because 
Tampa Bay has so many stars, and they all have seemed to step up at different times where it's like there was the year of Braden Point breaking through. Yes. And then there was like the year of Nikita Kucherov. And, and when Victor Hedman like established himself. Exactly. You know, and, Victor Hedman. Vasilevsky, the crazy. Vasilevsky, yeah. right? So it's like you almost forget mm-hmm. that Stamkos has been there the whole time. He's the beating heart. The being, he's the captain. Yes. And, you know, you look back at some of those years where he had the injuries, he had a lot of adversity. It's interesting because he was this pure sniper, and then at one point, he totally flipped when yep. he St. Louis on his line, and he became the playmaker he for St. Louis. And a very interesting situation where you had a center who was the goal scorer, but then, uh, you know, he also played some wing. Like, we've seen him do different things, and then, of course... You know, last year in the Stanley Cup, I thought he was very good for them. Oh, yeah. Where you saw some snarl come out. You saw a guy who was just battle-tested and was going to do whatever he could to help his team win. Ultimately, they fell short to an incredible abs team. But, yeah, it just seems like he's like the superstar that was forgotten for some Absolutely. reason. And uh, we're putting an end to it. We're, I'm glad. We're putting an end to Stammer Erasure here because he is a Hall of Famer. I'm glad we're doing that. And I also find it funny, you look at his numbers, right? And like Steven Stamkos, he's, he was, the, if you look at the narrative, like let's dissect the narrative of Steven Stamkos. He, he comes into the league and, I, and that first rookie season was pretty tumultuous. Like it he, was. Like he was getting, I'm pretty sure he got healthy scratched a couple times. He yeah. was, you he know, was like. Playing under Barry Miller. Barry playing. And, and so you look at that season, you go, oh, what a disaster. He scored 23 goals. He's still, as a rookie, getting, like, actively sort of, like, suppressed by his coach, who then yeah. got fired. And then Rick Tockett came in, you know, and all that. But, like, he still put up 23, 23 goals and 23 assists, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was a bad Lightning team, by the way. That was not a good Lightning team. And so, and then you look at these, and the narrative coming into, I would even say last season, was Stamkos, and yes, he had won the Cups, but, like, Stamkos was a, he was one of the greatest snipers, superstars of, of sort of, like, that, that early to early to mid sort of 2010s, like like I guess sort of all of the 2010s. Mm. But then he is he's fighting to like reclaim himself. He's fighting, you know, is he going to take a step back but still be productive? He set his career high in points by a wide margin last year. Totally, wild. like by a but like he and and not not just that, but like there are a lot of times and and you bring up uh, uh, Saint Louis coming in for the first. Uh, I think it is. I'm looking at it here. It for the first uh, um, uh, seven years of his career. I think six out of those, he had more goals than assists, including the 60-goal season where he only finished with 97 points only because he had 60 goals, 37 assists, which mm-hmm. puts him in line for maybe the uh, uh, the Cy Young, if you will. The Super Cy the Young. The Super Cy Young, <laughs> exactly. Um, but then once St. Uh, Louis got on his line, it flipped. He had he, he had more uh, assists than goals in every season up until, like every season including now from then. from mm-hmm. it, the, the, the switch happened uh, in 2015-16, and he's become... Uh, you know, a, a very consistent and good playmaker. And even in that injury-riddled season, you know, the season where everyone's saying, oh, it's Stamkos washed. 17 goals, 17 assists, 34 points in 38 games in the, you know, in, in the, uh, uh, I would say, the COVID sort of era season. Mm-hmm. The guy's just like, it, he seems older because, because of all the injuries. He's only 32. Yeah. I mean, we still have, like, I would say we still have, like, three, four years of, like, Steven Stamkos either. Uh, he's at his prime right now. Like which we, is what? Which is nuts, considering yeah. the, the, the toll that injuries have done on his body. Yeah. And, and just, like, the longevity and everything that he's accomplished before. Mm-hmm. I'd say we have, like, three, four years left of prime Stamkos. That's fair. So enjoy it. Exactly. And I think with him on the roster, like, Tampa's always going to be competitive. Yeah. And you, you know? know what? I was thinking about this this morning. Uh, you know, the only thing he doesn't have, because he won uh, World Junior Gold, World Cup Gold, 
Uh, or sorry, world. No. Cha- oh, no. did he wear, win world championship? I'd have to I look think that so, up. but no Olympics. No Olympics, but Olympics in a couple of years. Maybe he's on that roster. I know he'll be older, but maybe he's like a veteran guy where it's like, let's get Stammer into the Triple Gold Club. That look, that would be great. Yeah. He got robbed of that gold exactly by by a, a uh, by a wayward goalpost, if you will. Mm-hmm. And he almost came back to play on that team. If That's you remember, right. like like the guy's also Wolverine too, because yeah. he shattered his freaking femur basically <laughs> during a game, yeah. uh, like early in the season, and almost like healed it completely to the point where he could play on the Olympic team come February. Remarkable stuff, crazy. Yeah. Speaking of the team that beat Tampa though mm-hmm. uh, uh, last year is the Colorado Avalanche, which. In my opinion, and this is, you know, I know it was my first cup final uh, uh, covering it, but that, is what, that was one of the most dominant playoff runs I have ever watched and covered. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that Colorado Avalanche team was so deep from, from the top of their lineup all the way down to even their scratches were good, like crazy stuff. And it just goes to show the depth that they have, that they're able to withstand 11 crazy key injuries now to their roster. I want to read, I want to, I want to do a little juxtaposition here for you. Right. Because this, this really goes to show. So last night, Nathan McKinnon uh, exited the game in the first period. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who they were playing, but they, Philly, but Philly okay. Yeah. Against Philly, uh, uh, which brings their injury, injury toll to, to 11, 11 sort of either quasi or, or regular players that are out of the lineup. Um, we don't know how long he's going to be out, but he is going to miss time. That's what Jared Bednar said. So when the Avs top six is healthy, mm-hmm. They have McKinnon in between uh, Lackanen and Shushkin, and then Evan Rodriguez in between Landis Gog and uh, Miko Rantanen. Great yep. top six, I'd yep. say. And you can even supplement you know, JT, uh, JT Confer up uh, where, where Rodriguez is, yep. or even Alex Newhook. You never know. Crazy stuff. Right now, after, the, after all of these injuries, mm. you want to know what their top six is? Hit me. It is Alex Newhook in the middle on the first line with Andrew Cogliano, and I think I believe it's Drew O'Connor, Lo- Logan, Logan O'Connor. O'Connor. Yeah. There you go. Don't even know. And the second line is JT Comfort, like I was saying, with Ranton, the one star guy on up front that they've managed to keep healthy, yeah. and Charles Hudon. That is their. To- that is the yeah. Colorado Avalanche's top six. And if you look at their numbers now, I mean, look, they're they're struggling. Like it, it's they're, the, the Colorado Avalanche. They are fourth in there in, in the Central Division. They have 27 points. They're, they're six behind Dallas for, for the division lead behind teams like Winnipeg. This are, are, Should we be worried? Because this is like an unprecedented amount of injuries to key players too. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried. I mean, the, on the positive side of things, this is a Stanley Cup winning team with a lot of veterans where they can say, okay, guys, you know, we need to buckle down. Uh, we just need to keep things going until the guys get back. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, the Central Division, it is very tough. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the, you know, all those guys you mentioned, um, but then also Josh Manson's out, Bowen Byram is out. Like, the defense corps is, it, I mean, they can they can handle it because they got Kale McCarr and, you know, Sam Girard, mm-hmm. uh, who they didn't have. Devin uh, Taves, all that, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is an opportunity for players like Alex Newhook to mm-hmm. really yeah. step up and say, yeah, I can be a top six guy. And even, you know, you look at the bottom of the lineup, like somebody like Anton Bleed, yeah. uh, who came up in the Boston Bruins system, you know, this is an opportunity for him to try to push for some games and show that he can be a contributor in the bottom six. And really, you know, Colorado, they're probably just going to have to grind some games out or they're really going to have to rely on players like Kale McCarr and Miko Rantanen, both of whom we know can take over games and can do so for long stretches. 
Um, but they just have to they have to withstand the flood right now mm-hmm. of injuries and just get as many points as you can. Just grind out those points, and then once everybody comes back, you hope sooner than later. You know at this point, all you have to do is get into the playoffs. Yes. Like, you are essentially the LA Kings when they were winning yeah. cups, where it's like, just get hey, in, whatever. Everyone gets healthy. Be, we don't need a home ice advantage. Yeah. We just need to be there. Um, so that's the, that's the sort of silver lining here, is like, fourth place is good enough. Mm-hmm. But you got to make sure you get that fourth place because if exactly. you fall just a little bit, then it's like and that's a weight like that. Uh, you know, I wrote a, I wrote a piece recently about like the teams that are most all in, and I and I put uh, Colorado in the top five because yes, they have a lot of guys locked in, but like in terms of how this roster is constructed, like they won't be able to to bring. They already had to make some some you know some do some surgery, yeah. yeah, in the off season. But like they with Nathan McKinnon doubling his salary next year, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't have a ton of and and guys like you know uh, Comfer and. You know, Rodriguez and even like Cogliano, they really like him coming off the books and stuff. Like, Bowen Byram's gonna need a new deal. Like, yeah. they, they won't be able to keep this core together. And this is a very good core. It's a Stanley Cup winning core, as For we sure. know. So, they, like, they can't afford to just sort of punt on this year. They can't afford to waste it. So, they need to go in. Mm-hmm. One player that I'd really like to see um, perform well in this is Martin Kaut. Yes. Um, former first round pick, really, like, you know, it's been five years until he could finally sort of break through and get, like, a, a regular role now. Um, he's not doing too great so far this season just because he's, you know, it's 17 games, one goal, two assists, three points. But mm-hmm. this is a guy who, like I said, was first round pick. Yeah. You know, they, they really, they, they seem to like him. It's been a struggle to break through their depth, like we've talked about. But now it's a, it's a, just like Alex Newhook, it's a prime opportunity for him to show, be like, not just, not that I'm a top six player. But I gotta prove that I'm a, a, a like an, a regular NHL player who yeah. can who can be there. He wasn't he wasn't even really around the team last year during the Stanley Cup. Mm. I think he's I think this is a prime opportunity for him to to prove his value. I agree. Incredible man. These like the, the and the injuries are just nuts. Like Bauer's expected to miss six weeks uh, from retroactive from November 11th. Uh, you know Bowen Byram's week to week. Darren Helm is week to week. No time till first return. Uh, Landis Gog is going to be out until January. Uh, Lekkinen is was out, last, but you know Curtis McDermott four to six weeks. McKinnon don't know how long. Mm. Uh, Manson week to week. You know yeah. lots of week to weeks. Evan Rodriguez two to four weeks of lower body injury. These are not like you know bangs and bruises. These are yeah. injuries that are going to keep their roster from being together for a very long time. So, like you said, grinding it out. Um, speaking of a grind, holy smokes. The Vancouver Canucks, just an abject disaster. Just a roller coaster. Just like I have, this is some of the most. It's, it's always like this in Vancouver. It seems I've never seen chaos like this around a team. Like yeah. it seems like there. This is, I, I guess, the. This is what it would have been like if if the the 2001 o- Moneyball Oakland Athletics were playing out in the social media generation, except minus the 20 game win streak that they went on. Yeah. Like. It seems like the coach and, and the president, the GM, and everyone's not aligned, and you know players are getting scratched, and management is giving clear directives to the coach to, to scratch people, and then the coach is going again. It's crazy stuff. And on the weekend, we saw a, a you know a, a saga play out that is now going to have big ramifications for their roster moving forward. In Brock Besser, who was you know he t- admittedly has has not played as well as he could this year. Although if you look at his raw numbers, like. Like sixteen, four, four goals are tough, but sixteen points in twenty games, you know, not too, not too shabby. He's only averaging like you know under sixteen minutes a night. Yeah, he's still producing, but he was a he-, he was expected to be a healthy scratch on Saturday night. Um, but the big uproar around that 
was A, that Brock Besser just signed a three-year deal worth six point, I believe it's 6.5 million or 6.25. Um, I can actually check that real quick. It is 6.65. Um, and then on top of that, it was Hockey Fights Cancer Night. Mm. And Brock Besser, uh, his father passed away recently with cancer. Uh, he was wearing his dad's name on the back of his warm-up jersey, as everyone does for who they're fighting for. Mm. It was expected to be a very important game, and they decided to send a message to him by scratching him there. That's Babcockian, in my opinion. Um, but then he, but then uh, at the last minute, yeah. Dakota Joshua suffered an injury that didn't allow him to go in the lineup that he has now miraculously recovered from. So good for him. Yes. And then on top of that, uh, Besser goes in and scores a very important goal. Almost then also got the OT winner. Um, what a like what a what a whirlwind! And now it was reported at the intermission by Elliot Friedman that Besser's agent is now available to seek a trade for the client to find mm. elsewhere. He struggled a bit in recent years, but like this is how much blame can go on Besser for the situation he's in and how much blame can it be on these circumstances is my question, I guess. Yeah, I, I feel with Brock Besser, this is a player that, that just needs a fresh start. At, oh, you know, like if there ever was. Him, yeah, we've seen him flirt with 30 goals before. I think 29 is his NHL high. Uh, it is, but yeah. he was an excellent scorer coming up uh, in the, you know, played for USHL Waterloo in the junior ranks. And, um, you know, when I look at Brock Besser, I mean, he's had so much adversity, whether it's been, you know, with his father, who, you know, even before he passed away, had a, a lot of medical problems. Um, and, you know, I remember even when Besser was coming up, um, I did a story on him, I think it was in 2014, where uh, a few of his friends were involved in a fatal car accident when he was at the Holinka Gretzky tournament over in Europe. And, and that was obviously really tough. One of his friends was very seriously injured. They thought, you know, he, he might not make it. Luckily, he did. Um, but, you know, Brock Besser's gone through a lot. Mm -hmm. And when I look at his current situation, to me, I think, okay, what could you do to put him in the best situation to succeed? Like, if you're going to trade him, and, you know, I don't think Minnesota, uh, which is his home state, I don't mm -hmm. think it's necessarily a fit right now. They don't have the cap space anymore. They don't have the cap space, yeah. and, you know, in terms of wing, they're, they're doing okay there. But I would look at a team like Chicago or Columbus, you know, both teams that are struggling to score goals mm -hmm. this year, Midwest teams, so it's not Minnesota, but it's closer than yes. Vancouver certainly is. Also teams that probably have the cap space to do so. You look at Columbus, you know, Jacob Voracek, we don't know if he's going to come back this year. Hopefully he does. It does not look like it. It does not look is. good. Yeah. So that's eight plus in, in LTIR, yeah. In LTIR. So you can you could bring in Besser, and obviously you can make it work. Um yeah, the contract, as you said, it's it's not an easy one to swallow, but, but it's teams not, like it's not crazy. It's not crazy. Yeah, and it's it's short term too, three to three years. Not bad. It's not an albatross. Yeah. You know? So if you're Chicago or Columbus, two teams that, um, you know, I, I you know Columbus, they didn't want to be rebuilding, obviously at this point, but you know, fate interjected. Mm -hmm. Chicago, obviously, you know, rebuilding. They're gonna have to decide what to do with Tame and uh, Kane and Taves. Tame. You can just call him Tame. Tame. Yeah. Yeah. Caves. Um, <laughs> But, you know, Brock Besser would be that good sort of intermediary player where, uh, you know, he's a veteran. You know, we, and again, we've seen goal scoring from him in the past. Maybe he helps, you know, all those young Blackhawk players that are going to be coming up in the next couple of years. Maybe he helps them figure things out. And in the meantime, takes pressure off them because he can play on your top line. He can play on your number one power play unit and help out there. You know, I mean, he's not the same player as Alex Dabrinkit, but maybe he 
bring some of those same skills that Debrinket did to Chicago before mm. he was uh, you know, sent to Ottawa. Um, so those are two teams that I look at that say, you know what, that could work out the best for all involved. Well, you, you speak, of, uh, speak of that, um, I'm, I'm looking at Pittsburgh Penguins. You speak of Alex Debrinket, for example. Uh, I, I was, I'm looking at the Ottawa Senators, and that now... Normally, I would say they need to put all their chips in on, on a D. And, and the fact that uh, Jacob Chikorin has come back and performed incredible since then, like he hasn't taken a, a single step back, it seems, despite undergoing, you know, having every part of his body operated on in the last 24 months. Um, that should be their number one focus. But this is a team, like the Ottawa Senators are barely struggling, or, or they're struggling to score three goals, uh, an average of three goals a game. It's, it's tough. Besser, you know, the, the Sens, they have 3.9 million in cap space. You, you find a way to finagle some things, whether it's by sending Zaitsev down to bury a little bit of that and then, you know, like maybe shipping people out or, or waving or doing some stuff there. Um, I think Besser would be a good fit just uh, to add some goal scoring punch there. Potentially, you know, he's surrounded by a bunch of other... Like, look, as much as it's, it's, it's tough in, uh, uh, in Ottawa right now in terms of success, mm. we established last episode by talking about Brady to Chuck, like, that... Like it, like the fact that the, like there seems to be a good culture there. There yeah. seems to be. They're building something very exactly. Positive. People seem to be happy in yes. Ottawa. Yep. Most people. Yep. And and uh, like the, I've never seen worse vibes coming from a hockey team than the the this year's uh, Vancouver Canucks. Right. And so maybe that could be great. Another one, and they have very little cap space to make it work. Would be the Penguins. I think yeah. would be a great. But they again they like they they'd have to trade. You know, they'd have to gut their draft capital again, maybe. They have $72,000 in cat space right now, so they'd have to do some, some wiggle room there. Yeah. Um, I think Ottawa would be a prime landing spot. I think that would give them a really good player that they can, uh, you know, he's, he's cost-controlled moving forward. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you know he's going to be 6.65 uh, for the next, you know, two years after this one. I think that would be very good. But we'll see. And, but the things just keep getting worse in, in, uh, in Vancouver. And that yeah. Thatcher Demko, he's gone for a while. They now have uh, uh, Spencer Martin. Tending goal there. It's it's pretty difficult. Um, and Colin Delia, who's on an emergency loan, uh, what are they doing net? And is it worth like salvaging at this point, or not just running with it? Because like, yeah. I don't think they're under the illusion that they're going to make the playoffs this year. No, for sure. And it's funny. It's like I went to bed last night. They were losing four nothing oh, to Montreal. Man. The sky was falling. I woke up. They had won seven six. <laughs> and the tweets were even funnier from everybody covering the game. <gasps> Um, My favorite was, and I know it, it's probably right in, in, you know, in hindsight, but like in the middle of the game, I think a Habs writer was like, man, it'd be hard, tough for the Vancouver Canucks to not look across the aisle and see the, the Canadians and not be jealous of what they're building and maybe, and then they blow a 4 nothing lead. Like, exactly. It's crazy. They are who we thought they yeah. were, the Montreal Canadiens. And we let them off the hook. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what? I would, I would actually not do much, uh, you know, because... You don't want to trade assets at this point, especially because you know Thatcher Demko is your guy. I know he struggled this year, but I mean everything surrounding that team says that you know you don't put it all squarely on Demko. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Martin and Delia. I mean they'll be okay. Um, I guess the only thing I would like to see is because to me this is kind of a lost season for them. You got Arthur Seelofs in the minors. Give him a start or two. Let's see what he can do. Mm-hmm. He had the exact same save percentage as Delia with Abbotsford, 884. Not a great save percentage. However, are you using this as a selling point, right? <laughs> what I'm saying is, if Colin Delia can get you a yeah. win, because uh, I think he came in, he did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if he can, you know, help you come back against the Habs, Anything why not Arthur? And Arthur Silovs could probably do the same. He had he had actually had twice as many starts as Delia 
in Abbotsford. And yeah, basically the same save percentage. I think he had a slightly better goals against average. Uh, but it's like, just see what the kids got. This would have been a great opportunity if they didn't trade him at that point. This would be a great opportunity to see what Michael DiPietro could have done. I was thinking NHL that level. too. I, yes. was, I was thinking this when I go down, I'm like, he was buried on the depth chart. Seems like a, you know, a wasted asset. Man, this would have been a good opportunity to be like, hey man, let's, uh, let's see what you can do. Yeah. You know? and, then, uh, and, then, and then who knows, maybe we got another asset in the fold. But they trade him for Jack Stadnicka, who is like kind of a roster tweener. Yeah. Um, that just is kind of indicative of what seems like the, the luck and also I sort of like the short-sighted moves that uh, Vancouver has made. Yeah. Not great stuff there. Um, speaking of goaltenders, though, so our last yes. NHL topic of the day is, uh, is Jordan Bennington. Yes. Who has lost his mind this season, it seems. Um, he's always had that. Uh, he's always had that sort of mentality of the guy who at the bar is is like you know he's always want to fight someone, but it's like the he always needs his friends to hold him back. He's always right. like, oh, if only I could get to you, man. But my right. friends are holding me back. Yeah. But just you, you just wait, man. One yeah. of these days, you're lucky, bro. You're lucky, man. You're lucky. My boys are here, dog. Yeah. Or else it'd be tough. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Bennington. What, what, here's the thing in hockey is that I, I respect sort of like the physical altercations when they're done in like a, uh, uh, when they're done in, in a, uh, I want to say like respectful way, but sure. like where it's like the, there's no sucker punches involved where yeah. the guy has the ability to like brace for it where, you know, you are truly besting the other person with your physical prowess, you yes. know, where, where, you know, one guy's going in for a hit, the other guy's bracing for it and it's just like, all right, let's see if this unstoppable force can move this immovable object or what's going to happen. Yeah. Bennington seems to go after guys who are not expecting it at all, <laughs> hoping to get it in. And it happened earlier this week when he went to go out of the blue, hit Jordan Stahl, which backfired yes. spectacularly yes. on him. Jordan there is Stahl, big man. There is like a 50-pound difference between those two. Yeah. Um, and and even even with the goalie equipment on, and for some reason Jordan Bennington thought he could body Eric Stahl, or Jordan Stahl did not work that way. And then over the weekend, uh, on Saturday, Jason Zucker is running, uh, is, is you know doing one of those quick carves around the net. Uh, Jordan Bingham goes out, goes, seems like he's gonna go out to play it, and just punches him in the face. Smacked him. Just punches him right in the face. Yeah. And uh, going at full speed, and it looked, it, it was almost like one of those plays where you just where everyone in, in the arena didn't really believe it happened right. in the in the seconds after because they're like, "There's no way he would do something like that," yeah. and yet he did. Um, and then Bennington also got into an uh, sort of like got an altercation with with the the Pittsburgh bench and did the the classic oh, if only my boys weren't here, dog. You know what? You know, eventually got kicked from the game. Yeah. But the why we're bringing this up because this is just. This is just old hat for Bennington at this point. Yeah. But why I bring this up now is because Craig Berube, the, the Blues lost that game. Craig Berube uh, uh, goes in front of the media and he just goes, he's asked about Bennington, he goes, it has to stop. Mm. Like fi finally the coach has come down and saying this has to stop. It's not helping anyone. Yeah. Just play goal. And that's something that Jordan Bennington has struggled with mightily lately. He has an 889 save percentage after they handed the net back to him from Billy Huso. He had the he had the net early. He's responsible for Billy Huso's NHL career. He earned Billy Huso $4.5 million yeah, yeah. because he lost the net again last year with the 901 save percentage and Huso came in and saved the season. Um, things are not going great for Bennington right now. Like, where do we see this going with him? Yeah, so Here's my thought, because Jordan Bennington, obviously a very competitive guy, and I think the frustrations get the better of him. Mm -hmm. You know, even going back last year when he threw the water bottle at Nazem Kadri during the playoffs. So this is going to sound unorthodox, but I think he just needs to he just needs to fight someone, and it doesn't have to be another goalie. I know it's rare for a goalie skater fight. I mean, the only one I can think of is like. 
when Ray Emery fought Andrew Peters yes. because Ray Emery had just dusted Buffalo's goaltender and mm-hmm. Peters was like, okay, no. Like, yeah, like, we right. know Ray Emery like, literally loves boxing and fighting, yeah. so it's like, as the enforcer, I got to step in there. I, I think we need something similar to just like get it over with because we've had all of these like almost fights where Bennington mm-hmm. is like bumped other goalies or like you know, smack talk them. This is like the pure, like, rom-com, like, will they, won't they. Just kiss already. Just kiss already. I don't care who the opponent is. It can be a Felino brother. It can be a Shen. I don't care who it is. Well, there will only be one Shen because he plays with Brayden. Um, hey, but you never know, man. They, <laughs> if it gets bad enough, like, maybe, maybe Braden Chen we've does seen, fight We've seen St. Louis players fight each other that in basketball. Robert yeah. Bertuzzo, yeah, you know, so. Yeah, good teams. Who knows? And I'm pretty sure it was Braden Chen in that fight, wasn't it? Or It, it might have been. been. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I almost feel like it just needs to happen, and then it's done, mm-hmm. and Bennington can be like, okay, it's out of my system. Like, I know things haven't been going well for me, but I am a Stanley Cup goaltender. You know, I, you know, I, I earned the ring. I can be that guy, but the focus needs to return. So yes. I don't care who he fights, but it's got to happen. And for St. Louis' sake, I hope it happens soon. Jordan Bennington has had one, I would say, like partial season where he has been in like the upper crust of NHL goaltenders, where he has been someone that would crack a top 10 or get really, so, like really, you know, uh, really sort of like garner interest for the Vesna. Yeah. Uh, that was the cup year. And then he also had like a 9-12 uh, in 2019, 20 the year after 50 starts, which is fine, yeah. but that's close to average. Like that's not gonna blow me away. I'm not gonna write home about that. Yeah. Um, I don't think, and this could just be my memory going, I don't think he was pulling this crap when he was winning games. Like, I don't think that he was pulling this crap on en route to the to the Stanley Cup. I don't yeah. think he was winning this crap when he finished seventh in Vesna voting in 2019-20, when, he's, what, you know, when he put up that 9-12. It seems like this has crept in only when Jordan Bennington has started to struggle. And based on his contract and the length and, and just the way that St. Louis is at right now, like, they need him to be a goalie. Yeah. Like this is not helping. Like he, yeah. I think that he thinks that this is throwing the oppose the opposition off off mm-hmm. their off their rocker. They did yeah. it. He is playing mind games. He's he is helping his team win. Yeah. I am shocked, and maybe it's happened. We don't know, but I'm shocked that like Ryan O'Reilly or or you know like anyone on that team, Tory Krug, anyone on that, any of the leaders on that team haven't sat him down and be like, hey man, like you're a goalie, so we yeah. protect you and everything. That's great. Yeah. This is not helping us. Yeah. Like, we are not, you are giving them, like, bulletin board material. Yeah. We don't need any more reasons for them to want to kick our butts. Yeah. So, stop. And don't get kicked out of games. Exactly. Like, don't get, we need you. Exactly. And, like, yeah, he's, he, started, he started 20 games this year. You know, he started the vast majority of games because Thomas Grice is his backup. Yeah. He's got an 889. He's yeah. not being a good goaltender. He's been a sub NHL goaltender this year. And this, this, I don't know, like sort of hokey pokey stuff. It's gotta it, cut it out, man. Yeah. Just stop pucks. That's your job. If you wanna, if if, if a brawl erupts, go for it. And you're right. He does need to fight someone. I yeah. like. I know that it's not the 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 normal thing to say, but like, dude, at a certain point, like, just do it so people stop talking about you. Exactly. Just do it so just you can so you can say like, I fought someone. Even if you lose, yeah. You're able to say like, I I swung. I got in there. I'm a tough guy. Cause right now you seem like a poser. Like yeah. everyone thinks, everyone looks at you like a poser. Everyone looks at you like the dog that's on a chain that barks you like crazy. And then you take the chain off and it just kind of sits there with his tail between his legs. Yeah. You know, no one respects that. I, I, I love all dogs, but I don't respect that dog. You know, 
Um, and so I think that he needs to uh, he needs to focus on doing his job, which That's is stopping right. pucks. Yep. Um, all right, Ryan, mailbag time. Yes. So fun question from Daniel Phipps mm -hmm. from Twitter, talking about the NHL Global Series. Obviously, we saw uh, NHL games in both Helsinki and Prague this mm -hmm. year, uh, and some exhibition games in Switzerland and Germany. Mm -hmm. Uh, Daniel wants to know, you know, where would be a fun kind of non-traditional place to go? Uh, you know, he was saying that the, you know, the NHL has gone to Japan in the past mm -hmm. and gone to the UK. So where would we like to see them go? So thinking about it, because um, geographically, you don't want to go too far. Like initially, I was like Australia or New Zealand would be really cool. You know, that would for be the cool. players, and you know, there there are hockey professional hockey leagues there. Uh, although I went to New Zealand years ago, and when I told them I worked for the Hockey News, they were like, "Ice hockey?" I was like, "Yes, not, uh -oh. not field yeah. hockey, ice hockey." Um, but I would like to see Mexico. Oh yeah, it's not far. I think that's going to happen. I think, I think that's it's legit. going to. Austin Matthews still has family yeah. in Mexico. So you got a great tie-in with one of the mm -hmm. marquee stars in the league. On a marquee team. On a marquee team. Maybe it's Toronto and either Arizona. Dallas, Arizona, or Los Angeles. I think it would be Toronto, Arizona. I think that they would really. And I think because of the Tempe you know, like project, yeah. I think that that would be a big league event that they do to bring focus sure. to Arizona. Because we're seeing more grassroots uh, things happen in Mexico. Mm -hmm. I know, if I'm not mistaken, the El Paso Rhinos, who are a junior team, they've had a program where they've gone across the border and uh, done sort of outreach with, uh, with kids in Mexico, just, you know, introducing them to the sport, things like that. Uh, like I said, it's, it's not far away, which is nice. Um, you know, time zone wise, you're, you're in the same ballpark for major markets. And yeah, you know, Mexico doesn't obviously have a, a big tradition of hockey, mm -hmm. but I think it'd be a very interesting place to go. And, and again, I think it'd be fun for the players as well, especially if you went in like February. Absolutely. <laughs> when it's super nice in Mexico. <laughs> um, I, I think the Australia idea is a lot of fun. And I think that would be really good because I think Australia is great and, and the people are great. But um, the thing about Australia is that everything there can kill you. True. And I don't trust NHLers to not try and like, hug a koala bear or like you know try and capture a scorpion just to yeah. see because it, it looks cool spider? exactly yes. i don't or, or be or you know like try and try and be like no i can fight this snake you know right. like that kind of thing i i don't i don't trust them so do that i think korea would be a great one i was thinking that too because yeah. korea is just a media like empire there they built their own like it's you know how like in north america you know like uh, you're big like k-pop for example if you dis and and K-pop people, I love all of you. Please don't like. I love. I love you guys. <laughs> if you disrespect like a like BTS, for example, yeah. or like literally the K-pop stands will ruin your life. Right. They will. They will. Like the FBI should hire them legitimately. Sure. And I think that going there, like having some t partnership tie-ins with you know with uh, you know K-pop bands, you know, like really making it the big spectacle that like Korean entertainment is, which I think is really cool. It's all you know neon lights and pageantry and, and theatricality. It's I think it's awesome, mm. and I think it would introduce a, like an entire new sort of uh, market to the NHL, and they could really make it fun. And I think Korea would be great. I know the time zone would be a little bit difficult, but like, I, these global games are not meant for us to watch. They're meant yeah. for the people who are in the area to watch it. They're exactly. the local sort of event. And I think making it a big spectacle, the NHL in Korea, you know, mm -hmm. having some fun brand partnerships, having some, you know, ha like having, you know, these, these, um, these big sort of pop stars sort of like promote the game and 
do some fun stuff like that would be that would be huge and i think that would really that would really sort of spark or maybe you know ignite some embers in uh in terms of hockey in korea that'd be a lot of fun and if you did like vancouver versus seattle or san jose yeah. it seems like at least the time change isn't as bad exactly. as if it was like boston and new york exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah i think that'd be a lot of fun um, our producer Connor suggested Nigeria, which I think would be very interesting, very outside of the box. Indeed, um, uh, it, it would be. I think that would be that'd be a, a fun one to do as well. Why not? All right, it is time for rapid fire, Let's do and it. uh, it's my turn this week. And I thought we'd bring back the game that I was doing before, which is were they in the MCU? Yes, because. What I've always loved is that the MCU has just had so many people in it. They did mm -hmm. that big class photo. Um, that I think it was Empire Magazine or something did this huge class photo where they got literally every like prominent actor who'd ever been in a Marvel up until Endgame okay. um, had ever been in a, in a Marvel uh, 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 movie, and they put them in the same room. And apparently, it was the biggest logistical nightmare to create. Apparently, okay. it was the most create chaotic photo shoot ever because you have like fifty of the biggest actors in the world and their handlers and their teams mm. all in like a plane, like an airplane hangar. And I thought like, and you just look at some of those guys, you go, oh yeah, they were there. Oh yeah, okay, so let's do it. Number one, Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Mm -hmm. Morpheus himself. Yeah, I'm gonna say yes. I feel like I remember him having a small role, though I can't remember specifically. Okay, so, you, so you'll get two points if you can name the movie. I'll, I'll put there. I want to say that he was in like the first scene of Black Panther, but I might be wrong about that. That that is incorrect. He was in the MCU. Yeah. But he played a brief. He played a, a supporting role in Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, um, yes. But so you, look, you got you got one of the two points. There you there. go. So there you go. There you um, another one is Seth Green. Seth Green. You know who Seth Green is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I can't picture Seth Green. I think of I think of Austin Powers, obviously. I'm gonna say no on Seth Green. He was. Oh. He and and this is this was really unfair for you. Okay. Because he was he voiced Howard the Duck in the oh, post okay. in the post credit scene of Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. And they also kinda like he not a speaking role, but he does show up in the background of the end game fight at the end, so that's good. Gotcha. Okay. Um Timothy Chalamet. Uh ooh, I'm gonna go a hard no on that because I feel he's been too busy with like Dune mm. and all that stuff. So I'm gonna go no on Chalamet. No, you're right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you got Tim yeah, you got that. Now, I I believe you'll actually get this one because I'm pretty sure he's in the show that you keep telling me to watch. Okay. Righteous uh Gemstones. Righteous Gemstones? Yeah. Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins. Oh, that's a great Wal one. Good old Wally Goggins. Yeah, yeah. In the MCU. I'm gonna you know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes on that because everybody loves Walt Goggins, so I'm sure I, I can I can kind of picture it, but again, I can't remember the movie. I'm gonna say yes on Goggins. Yeah, yes, he was he was also in Ant Man and the Wasp. A lot of a lot yes. of good deep cuts in there. Um, I think. All right, another one is Kat Dennings. You know who that is, right? Definitely, because she was in the early Thor movies. She was, yeah, and, and yes. Wandavision as well. That's ah, okay. that's good. Yeah, um, and then I guess my last one, mm. my last one is going to be Daniel Kaluuya. Star of Get Out. Oh, of course, because he was in Black Panther. Oh, damn it. Yeah, he wrote okay. a rhino. He did, and then and then Black Panther tackled that rhino to the ground, which I thought was extremely cool, grabbed it by his horn. I thought yeah. that was going to be more, because these are all like sort of semi-A-list guys, but they're yeah. sort of at the periphery, and yeah. you never, and I find that Marvel, or the MCU movies, they have what I like to call salary cap casts, 
where they get guys who who like who who they get actors who are on their ELCs before right, they really right, blow right. up. You yeah. know, like a Chris Pratt, like you know Dave Bautista guy. If you tried to sign those guys at the peak of their powers now, yeah, you're not getting you're them. Yeah. But yeah, so that's as were they in the MCU? And nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna find a different one, not for the MCU, but I'm gonna I'm gonna really test your knowledge in the next one that I get because yeah. it'll be a lot of fun. Nice. Um, and that brings us to the end of the show. Perfect. Uh, crazy stuff. We'll have to see how how all of those. Uh, Storylines kind of weave themselves uh, into next week. Ryan, always a blast doing this with you. Indeed. I can't wait to play uh, Were They a Ranger next week.